Welcome to Beyond the Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Jones, and I'm excited for this episode uh, to have a young lady on um, who I found a glimpse of her story by way of Twitter, um, but I found her story really fascinating. Just from what I read, I said, you know what? Got to bring her on the show. Got to let her share with the people because I know she has a lot of value to add um, to the world. And even in athletics, none other than Miss Kristen Lockett of Lock It Up PR. How are you doing today, Kristen? Good. How are you? I'm golden. I'm, I'm, I'm golden. You know, it's, it's Friday. Uh, the sun's out. So yeah. today is a great day. It is. Today is a great day. Definitely. Definitely. Kristen, and like I said, like I saw your story. I think I saw it like on a tweet. I think you tweeted out like a piece of it. Um, j- just on how you got involved in, in what you're doing uh, with athletics. But before we get there, j- just share a little bit about yourself um, and just, just take, take your time. Just take your time. Yeah, well, um, I am originally from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I've been in Texas for, this fall will be 11 years. So it's like I'm almost a Texan, but I'm not, I'm not letting go of my Chicago roots yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> But um, I have pretty much been in like dance, cheer, and gymnastics my whole life. So no hard sports, um, contact sports just never really was a thing for me. Well, I mean, cheer was pretty contact, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing with the ball. I was yeah. I was really I wasn't really into it. Um, and so uh, I had just been so used to being you know on the sidelines, and it never really occurred to me that like sports was something I ever wanted to do. Um, I went to TCU where I was originally a business major, but I was like, gosh, I hate numbers. I love people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I switched to being a communications major. And even then I couldn't tell you what my dream job was. I was just like, I love people. Um, So that was just the only thing I was chasing, how I could network and how I could connect with people. And I think a lot of that spurs from me being an only child. So I just love being around people. Um, I hate being alone. So I'm just always trying to be in the scene, have people around. Um, And so that's just kind of how I um, just started saying, okay, I love people. I love entertainment, but I don't really know what my lane is. And so I started really figuring it out. um, Well, I don't know. I just, you know, me, I'm I'm a very spiritual person. So Mm-hmm. A lot of faith is embedded in my story, but I like to say that God kind of planted seeds along the way to lead me to lead me to where I am now. That didn't really make sense, but when I look back on it now, I'm like, oh, I yeah. see what you're doing there, you know. And so I think um, one of them was when I first moved to Texas. I like I tell people I got bit by the football bug because you know in the Midwest it's basketball all day, right? You go to football games. That's a social event, right? Because in Chicago, after about 
September, October. It's cold. We're not trying to be out there watching games. You know, we don't have these big old stadiums and arenas and things. So when I moved down here, I'm looking like, oh, what college is that? They're like, oh, that's a high school. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> excuse me. Like, you yeah, know, I yeah, realized, like, football was it down here. So I was like, okay, okay. I see y'all Texas, what y'all are doing. So, um, my mom ended up having the Cowboys as one of her clients. And so with her access to them, I got a lot of access as well, just by being at all the home games and being at the Super Bowl. And we got an opportunity to travel with the team. And so when I did that, I met this woman named Elliot and she was the director of player personnel. And I was like, hmm, like, okay, okay. Like, you know, <laughs> she gets to travel. She gets to be with the guys. She's having a lot of fun. So then that was something that was in the back of my mind. And that was probably about, sophomore year of high school and then that just kind of went away you know and then I studied um I was in an independent study and mentorship program at my high school shout out to Wakefield Wolverines and um we studied fashion media well I studied fashion media and at the time I, I didn't know I was studying blogging so I was like oh maybe I want to be a blogger you know so that was also in the back of my head mm. um and then once I got to college um, my good friend sent me this text and was like, hey, I saw this um, poster for this group called Athletic Ambassadors. I think it's something we should do. And I'm like, okay, but you're going to have to tell me everything. Because at this point, I wasn't like embedded in football yet. I was like, I can tell you who the quarterback is on like defense versus offense, but don't let me get in the weeds. I don't know, you know? And so I studied so hard for that interview um, because we were getting interviewed by coaches and their wives and athletic directors and so it was intense you know and so um luckily my studying paid off and I got in it and um Dominique uh Green it was Neville at the time but she was an amazing beautiful strong black woman who was the assistant director of football operations and I was like that's it like this is it this is what I want to do um and so once I got in there you know and really got under her wing and just seeing a lot of what she did with football operations and recruiting and compliance. I was like, okay, maybe it's college athletics. Like that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Okay. Um, and you know, I did that for two years and she ended up leaving and I, um, danced for the school for one year. So for NCAA rules, I couldn't do both. Um, and at the end of dancing, I was like, all right, like, that's enough. I'm about to go be Tasha Mack now. Let me get back into sports, you know? Because it's like, most girls say, I'm going to be Elle Woods. I'm like, no, I'm going to be Tasha Mack. Uh, so um, I found another mentor in TC Athletics. His name is Jessica Hazard. And she was at first in compliance, but then she started up um, student-athlete development at TCU. And so I told her, I was like, Jessica, I want to be an agent. Like, I want to be just like you. Like, you're so tough. You're so strong. Like, I just want to be in this industry, but I think I don't want to be on the college side. I want to be on the pro side. And she was like, okay. So she got me an internship at an agency, and I came back at the end of the summer. I was like, I don't want to be an agent. That's not what I want to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was I don't know if it was maybe the agency that I was at, but for me, I was like, man, you are just like a professional babysitter. You know, like, I was like, I want to do that. Um, and I mean, even though I still feel like a professional babysitter now, it was one of those things where I was like, mm, I don't know if I want that much responsibility, you know, with a player. Um, but while I was there, I did see their blind spot, which was they didn't have a team dedicated to marketing and social media and branding. And so that was really where I spent most of my summer getting to know the guys, what they liked, what they liked to do. Um, and 
I found this correlation between like they were getting tons of product for the guys, but they weren't necessarily products that the guys liked. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to be passionate and want to post um, and collaborate with brands that you're not passionate about. So I was like, hmm, that's really interesting that you guys did that. Um, so I helped work with them on just finding things and getting them opportunities for things they already loved and already used. Um, and so at the end of the summer, I kept um, that was going into my senior year at that point, And I kept applying at agencies and trying to get into sports and it just wasn't working out. And, um, so I was parallel pathing and going the traditional marketing route as well. And so around Christmas time, I had randomly connected with a player. Um, and a lot of times while I was at that agency, I was doing depth charts. So I was looking at who was coming out. So I was very familiar with a lot of guys and a lot of faces. And so our paths randomly crossed and he was like, oh, you know, I want to get drafted to the Cowboys. And, um, you know, when I get drafted, you're going to be my publicist. And I'm mm-hmm, okay. You know, one of those things where I'm like, I looked at the charts. I don't know if that's likely for you. But okay. You know, like I was there. That's where I was. I was like, okay. Hope alive. Hope alive. Right. I was like, all right. And so um, time went on and draft time came around. And I swear, like, God has the biggest sense of humor um, because I was looking at the draft tracker in the later rounds, looking for some people coming out at TCU. And I'm going through and I'm like, no, this, no, this, this says that player drafted to the Dallas Cowboys. I was like, no. There's no way, no way. I was like, okay, okay, okay. He probably forgot, you know? I was like, yeah, he probably forgot. I get on Instagram, I get a DM, and it's like, I'm drafted, now what? And I was like, hmm. <laughs> for dummies, you know? Like, I'm like, I don't know how to do it. And so that's just really how I got thrown into everything. And I say thrown because it was not a path that I was actively seeking. It was just an opportunity that came my way because I was done. At that point, I was done trying to get into sports. I was like, no agencies want me. I got an offer over spring break at a traditional marketing agency. I started the Monday after spring break because I had limited classes my senior year. And so I just was like all in on traditional marketing. And then it was like, oh, but wait, here's this opportunity. So, you know. Um, I was so thankful for that player because I was everything. I was like the manager, publicist, the, you know, girlfriend separator, the drama mediator. I mean, it was everything. It it was a lot, but it was so fun. Um, And and so from there, it was just kind of like word of mouth. And um, then a year later, I started Lock It Up PR. Wow. Wow, man. I want you to, wow. That that is crazy though. That is, I mean, because I'm in the same boat with you because I truly know that God has the biggest sense of humor. Um, just yeah. in terms of, I don't know, like sometimes us saying what we want to do, or saying what's going to happen in the future, or saying what we won't do, right. and then everything comes full circle, and then we end up doing exactly what we said we would never do. Right, right. It's just it was so crazy and. It, it was something that just still, it still blows my mind to this day, you know, that it's something that I'm doing because I didn't really even know what public relations was because at TCU, PR fell under the Stratcom major. I was just communication studies. So I have no background in advertising, well, no education, you know, in advertising or PR or any of those things. And so, but at that same time, I had started a blog 
And so I was learning how to pitch myself and collaborate with brands for myself. And so, you know, I say, you know, it's really that perfect intersection of like your passions and your skill set, what you're good at. And so God was like, boom, here it is. Like it's PR. That's what you're good at. You love being with people. You love being a connector. You love, you know, helping people be their best self. And that's just really where, where I fell in love and it just all clicked. Mm. Oh yeah. You, that is, that is what you said earlier. You, you said you weren't, you weren't focused on numbers. You were focused on people. Mm-hmm. So talk, can you talk just a little bit more about that? Because I know a lot of people, uh, well, I know a lot of like students coming out of college and naturally, you know, they're trying to think of what job in my field will make me the most money versus yeah. maybe a relationship. So talk a little bit more about that, about the relationship piece versus the numbers piece. Well, um, Kind of like when I was talking about the guys at the agency, it's hard to be um, passionate about something that you're not really into. And so for me, like I, it was so hard for me to study and be attentive to something that just was not clicking for me. And I remember my college advisor, she said like, you're making the biggest mistake switching from, you know, the Neely School of Business, you know, to comm studies. You won't get a job with that. You're not going to be successful with that. And I even had several people who were in the School of Business say that to me. Um, And it's so funny because I recently reconnected with one person who just made me feel like the dumbest person on the earth for switching to comm. And I, you know, like I said, I ended up getting a job during my senior year, which is like a lot of those people are still in master's programs, not to not get, but it's just to say like, don't come to me and tell me what I can't do, you know, with my major. And so I think it's just one of those things where for me, it's more about, um, and you know, Nicole Lynn, I've had a the opportunity to connect with her then while she was in law school and then reconnect now when she's on top of the sports world. And one thing she shared with me last uh, spring was the money will come. You just have to do what you love and what you're passionate about and do it for the right reasons. If you do things for money, that it's going to be successful for a while, but you're never going to feel fulfilled. You're never going to be excited to do it. You're just going to be chasing that next big paycheck. And so that was something that her and I totally agree on. I'm like, I don't, a lot of stuff that I do, it's not for, oh, you know, I'm going to charge you X amount of money or to say I'm making this amount by this age. It's because it's something I genuinely love to do. And I think that you'll get so much more satisfaction out of getting up and being excited about your work rather than just being like, oh, I hate it, but this check nice though. Like, you know, you don't want that. Like, what kind of life is that? Like, it's going to literally drive you crazy. Yeah. And I think that's so, 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 so very true. And I think the, the, the first thought that always comes to mind for me thinking about that, I think it's a Will Smith quote, or it might've been one of those memes that they took his picture and put the words on it. Um, but, but basically it's saying what, what you're saying about how, you know, we, we spend all this time getting these jobs that we don't like to buy these things that we don't need to impress people that we never liked in the first place or trying to get their attention. So just, you know, finding that lane or or finding what we enjoy doing, because for you, you know, like, like you said, you enjoy connecting with people and now the vehicle that that's packaged in, I guess, could be PR. Right. You know, so understanding like people finding what do they enjoy doing most or what's a skill that they have and then how can they utilize that to ultimately benefit them long term. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's and like you said, it, it's like 
don't let people influence your purpose because they don't they're not the ones who know what your purpose are they can't give you purpose like you have to know that for yourself and take as long as you need you know I love to use my mom as a great example I mean she just turned 50 and she feels like she's just now finding like yes I was in this industry for 30 years but now I'm doing something I'm really passionate about it's really different you know but it's it's I'm, I'm passionate about it. it's something I love to do so it's like you may not know right coming out of college what you want to do you may not know two three years after college but the best thing to do is try everything because then you can figure out you know okay I tried this I don't like it okay just like with me it's like I'm gonna be Tasha Mack I would have if I would have went to law school, that just would have been a whole waste um, because it's just like, that's not, you know, if I didn't go that agent route, you know, then I would have been like, what am I in law school for? So I didn't plan on being a lawyer. I was just going to the law school piece for, for agency, even though I knew that you could just get, you know, a sports management master's or something like that. I wanted to really understand like the contract side and the legal side of things. But I'm like, I'm so glad I did that internship because I would have went on a whole path that wasn't for me. You know, so it's just like talk to as many people in the fields you're interested in. Take as many opportunities, paid or unpaid, because I know that's mm. a hot topic. Um, but, you know, just try to get your foot in the door and see, because the worst thing happens is, hey, I, I tried this. I don't like it. Well, now you know that that's not your path and you can spend more time finding out what it is. Yeah. And and one thing I'm, I'm really just loving about about your, your story and I want you to talk to I want you to talk to the tweet if you remember the tweet I want you to talk to that um, but the the thing I'm, I'm really enjoying hearing you say right now is you're not saying stay still and try to figure it out you're saying get experiences wherever they may come from and whatever that looks like and and I think that that's a piece of what can be attributed to some of your success because like, like in your story, you were, you were getting active, but if you could, if you could talk to that, if you could bring the people in and talk to that tweet, I, I really want you to just share that story because I saw, like I said, I saw a tweet <laughs> of your story. So, I mean, I might've missed something, but that piece I saw, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, cause that made me reach out to you. Honestly, yeah. when I saw that. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Let, 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 let me, let me go ahead and reach out to Kristen, but please, if you could, if you could just shine some light. Sure. Um, so at that point, um, that was about a year, I think that, oh gosh, everything's running together. I think that was a year after I had officially started Lock It Up PR. So I got my first client in 2017, and then I didn't start Lock It Up PR until 2018. Um, and so I think it was, yeah, 2018, I was at a point where um, the season was coming to an end. And so, or no, the season was over. So it was that perfect stretch of time where you can get in contact with agents like you know after combine and before the draft mm -hmm. and so I was spending that time just shooting my shot you know um and so I went on the NFLPA I did agent search and I was just literally reaching out to every single agent in the United States is what I was doing I was dedicating myself to a state a day and I was just emailing every agent and so uh, of course, with that, you get a lot of no's or not, no responses because what I was doing was just selling my services um, or just trying to get in the door, really. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just saying, more so saying, hey, I'm locked up PR. You need me more than I need you. Like, you know, not trying to say like, you know, you know, because 
millennials can come off as like entitled. I wasn't saying that. My script was just kind of like, hey, um, I'm a, a recent grad who just started out in the sports PR marketing field. I would love to get an agent's perspective on sports marketing and, and a role that somebody plays within your agency and to learn more about your path and how you got mm. to where you were. And so I ended up, um, and the funny thing is, um, I hope they don't see this, but I wasn't really even like looking at who they were or who they represented. I was just shooting in the dark, you know, I was like, I'm willing to talk to anyone. And yeah. so, um, finally that agent had responded to me and was like, Hey, you know, we pretty much do our marketing all, um, in house. Uh, but you know, I'd love to stay connected with you and, um, you know, see, see what happens. And so I, I Googled his firm and I looked and I was like, Like this man is responsible for Kirk Cousins, like mega deal that just happened mm. at that time. Wow. And I, like, I gotta meet him. I gotta go. And so I saw he was in Chicago, you know, which is where I'm from. And so I was like, boom, um, I'm going to be in Chicago uh, next week on um, Wednesday or Thursday, whatever, you know, let me know what's good for you. Um, and I'd love to just get 15 minutes of your time to just, you know, talk more about your path and, and what you do. And so he was like, great, yep, let's meet next Wednesday at three o'clock at, um, you know, the Starbucks. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like now I'm gonna be like, hey mom, I kind of told this agent and she was like, well, you know what? Actually, hey, I got a client that I can meet there. You know, so she worked it out to where she had a meeting as well. And so mm -hmm. we hopped on the plane that next week and we went and I literally had nothing to do all day but meet that agent. And that was oh. all I did, I, I wasn't, I literally came for nothing else. Luckily, it was, you know, around the time. It was close to one of my friend's birthday. So I got to see, you know, one of my mm. friends from home. But that was it. Other than that, I was like, I'm solely here for this agent. And so I went to the meeting. And the only question I asked was, can you tell me about yourself? And he just went on his path, you know, his, about his dad and how he got into sports. And it was during free agency. And so he's like, look, this is Ian Rappaport right here. Hold on. You know, and he's just letting me in on everything that's going on and just giving me all this um, behind the scenes knowledge and people are leaking information. His players are calling him and it was just crazy. But, you know, we, we, that 15 minutes turned into an hour. And at the end, he said, you know what, you know, I really appreciate the path that you took. You know, you weren't coming here asking for an opportunity. Um, you weren't, you know, trying to get a job or anything like that or use me for anything. You were just really willing to learn. But beyond that, um, I had saw uh, that you went to TCU and I loved Jessica Hazard. And that's who that I worked for when I was in student athlete development. Oh. And she, I didn't even reach out to her. I didn't even, she didn't even know I was reaching out to these people, but it's just like, wow. Like, you know, having her connection and working with her was something that really made this guy be like, oh, duh. Like if it's a product of Jessica, definitely want to talk to her. And so, um, he, he, we ended that meeting with just saying, look, I know that you're doing your own thing, but if there ever comes any time where you want to work for a team, I have a connection to every single NFL team. You find the job description, you send me your resume and I'll get it hooked up for you. And I mean, he literally kept his word. There was a lot of positions that I sent out and I, you know, I didn't get them, but at least he got me you know, to the source and to the person. And we still keep in contact to this day. And I think that the really important thing about that is just, you don't know what you don't know until you ask, right? So of course, just 
try to not necessarily ask for position, but ask for their time, ask for knowledge, ask to know about what they're doing, how they got there. And so much more will be given to you if you're not coming to the meeting like this. Gimme, 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 gimme. But you're coming like this. Mm. Like, tell me, pour into me, let me learn. And mm. so I've gotten a lot of connections like that. And, and, and it's like, you know, I think that's just the beauty of networking. And I really feel like networking sometimes is a lost art for a lot of people. Um, because we just think, oh, the opportunities are, opportunities are going to come to me. Or we take that no as like, okay, let me never talk to this person again. But you have to build these relationships and maintain these relationships. I so I just sent him an email yesterday. You know, so it's like, yeah. these are a, a lot of times with a lot of people, I'm still following up. Hey, saw you did this. Congratulations. Not like, hey, got a job for me yet? Got a client for me yet? We're just keeping in contact. And so that story, like meeting him really just made me be like, okay, you know, let me, let me keep talking to more people. Let me keep doing this. And so a lot of times I tell my clients, like, listen, the DMs aren't just for, you know, trying to find your wife or your husband. It, it is really for connecting with people, you know, <laughs> because what I found with Instagram is just like, you have direct access to so many people you know, mm -hmm. that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. Yes, still send those emails, but still sometimes DMs, everyone's checking their, their direct messages or if you see you have a message request, you're gonna be curious to see who's in there. And that's how a lot of times I've talked to a lot of agents and athletes. That's how I got most of my athlete clients is being like, hey, what's up, you know? And they're like, how did you know I needed this? I was like, I didn't know. I was just shooting in the dark. Like, you know, <laughs> like, so, you know, I, I really just, try to tell um, my clients and all my mentees, like, do not be afraid to reach out. Don't take that no as okay, a, a, to, to be discouraged, or this isn't something I should be doing. Just take that no as like, okay, not right now, but still follow up, you know? Don't just like leave them there, because then what, you meet them two, three years later, and they're gonna be like, oh, you that girl that never emailed back. Oh. <laughs> you know? Like, you don't want them to say that. You know, you don't want them to be at the table where your resume comes across and like, nah, she, mm -mm. you know, the way they reached out, they didn't even follow up. They weren't even interested, you know, so you don't ever want to have that perception on the table. You want to be, oh, that was that girl or guy that was willing to learn. They came in, they worked hard, they kept emailing me, they were bugging me, but I knew they were persistent. Like, I'd rather be known as persistent than non-existent. So like, let's, mm -hmm. let's go. That's a bar. That's a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man wow wow see and that see and that that right there because just how you just the passion right there and you got excited about the process yeah and as you're you're that's what you're really talking about right now and i think a lot of times it's easy to get tapped out because we maybe start at the beginning we're like uh no they owe me something they need yeah. me and right. then and then it's just hands off because like, oh no, if you don't see my value, if you don't see that you need me, well, I'm not even gonna waste my time. And exactly. I think that's the part where a lot of people lose. It is, and, and you know, a lot of things we're seeing on Twitter and social media is like, you know, well, I, jobs with, you know, I'm just graduated, I have a bachelor's and jobs shouldn't be less than 55K. Or I shouldn't, you know, have to take an internship right out of college. And I'm like, you, I really get really passionate about that topic. And, and it's just one of those things where it's like, but why though? 
I just want to know. I mean, what, what do you have internship experience? Do you have um, some side hustle you were doing? Do you have a portfolio you were building in college? What warrants you automatically getting the opportunity of your dreams? Mm-mm. You know, you have to start somewhere. Not saying that, of course, yes, the standard of living in the U.S., we should be making more. We should be, you know, caring more about our employees. I totally agree with that. I'm not saying go for, you know, a job that doesn't allow you to um, meet your needs, you know, meet your needs, not a job that can meet your needs, but still don't be just turning off every opportunity because it's not 55K with a signing bonus and I can't buy this Mercedes and this, you know, apartment just to flex. Like, what is your motive behind the job? Like, you really need to, don't let Twitter sucker you into not getting anything, you know? Because there's so many jobs out there where, yeah, you may not be making 60K today, but you never know what that job can lead to. You know, and you never know what that internship could lead to. Just because they're not ready to hire you on full-time right now doesn't mean that by the end of the summer, something could be moving and shaking so that they could keep you or that you were so good in the unpaid that they're going to make a way to pay you. Like, you know, you have to be great where you are, you know? So it's just, it's one of those things that I feel like a lot of times our generation and the generations behind us are not focusing on they don't focus on the process and the hustle anymore they just want the ready-made lifestyle right they want that instagram post where they're like look at my six figures my house my car okay that's cool but like that's not it's not honestly realistic like everyone has to start somewhere so just like you said don't miss the process don't miss the build-up don't miss the work that it takes to get there and and reap the benefits of, of what you sowed i don't want something just handed to me Right. I don't like what. Okay. Like, you know, I don't feel any satisfaction. And even because I still have locked up PR, but I still work in marketing and advertising full time. And, you know, I've had some jobs where it's like, okay, it's good pay. It's whatever. But I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not growing here. I'm not learning. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Like, and that's just me. It's like, I want to grow. I don't want to look back five years at the same place that I started. I want to see some progression. Right. And, and I think that that's a lot of what people are missing out of college. They expect to be high. They don't expect to be they don't expect to be at the buildup like our parents. Right. We hear our parents. We started, you know, at the way, way bottom. Right. And it took us years to get here. And that was something that I've always admired about my parents. They weren't chasing titles or checks or houses. They were they were just enjoying where they were and growing over time. And that's really something that they instilled in me and something that I want to instill in, in my mentees and anyone I talk to. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's really huge because what you hit on with, with the Twitter and the Instagram, like one thing that, that now I think is a potential handicap for the generations. Now I'll say the social media generation it's, it's the fact that everything is right here. Every time, oh, I got a DM, I got a message, I got a like, I got a comment. And it, it's the instant gratification. It's just feeding the instant gratification. So then when we put our phone down and we get off social media, we still have that same mindset. Oh, I want it here. Okay, I put in my order and it needs to be here and this time. But when it comes to a career path or when it comes to like people operating in purpose, I think that's the part where you have to begin to separate the two because doing anything that's purposeful, impactful, or to stand for longevity, right. that's not going to happen overnight. Right. 
And not saying that it can't, right? But just make sure that that's not your, your goal. And, and also realizing, like, like you said, in the social media era, everything that glitters isn't gold. Everything you see may not be real. Or they may be fronting on the gram, but when they get off the, the gram, they got some things, some real things they're dealing for too, you know? And the most dangerous thing you could do is pray for our life you know nothing about. Oh. <laughs> so you just don't know what oh. what people are going through. So it's like I've seen people and know people who've had everything they want materialistically, you know, but physically and mentally they're empty. They're not there, you know. So it's like, what is more important to you? And that's what you really have to filter. Oh, you just said something! My God! <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow! To pray for a life that you know nothing about. My God. Oh, I was about to tweet that right now, but we recorded it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Because that, that, and that's so real because we sit on the other side of the screen and, and we desire to have a fantasy that somebody might not even be enjoying that they're currently living. Right. Oh, wow. Right, because it's like we can get online and say anything. We can say we feel any type of way. I can be tweeting, I'm so sad. Over here, cracking up laughing right now. You wouldn't even know. Like, you know, so, yeah. and, and vice versa. I could be so happy, but I'm, you know, crying in the bathroom. Like, you just don't know. So it's one of those things where it's like, live your life. It's okay to go on, you know, the internet and use social media to be inspired. You know, it's okay to push towards those things. It's okay to network with those types of people and say, you know what, I desire to live comfortably. I desire to, you know, um, elevate the living standards of my family or, or things like that. It's okay to have those desires to grow and not saying that material things aren't bad, but just make sure that that's not your sole purpose for doing things because you'll miss out on so many other things and so many blessings along the way if you're just focused on money, 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 and you know, getting to the cars, the clothes, and all this stuff. Like that, that stuff will be there and it'll come. But like you really have to just make sure you're feeding your soul and you're walking in your purpose. Cause the the last thing you wanna do is waste your purpose. You don't want to do that and miss your opportunity because you're chasing someone else's purpose and someone else's calling. Like you gotta mm. keep the eyes fixed on your own lane. Don't look over there. Like Michael Phelps wasn't looking at people when he was trying to get that Olympic goal. Okay. He mm. was focused where he was. And and that's what we have to train ourselves to do. That's good. That's good. Man, that was, that was good. Wow. Oh man, this has been this has been a good episode. You dropping some gems. <laughs> Oh my goodness, all the tweets, all the tweetables. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh wow. Man. So uh so what are your thoughts now that uh that the the the, the draft has that they they had to do the draft different from you know typically how, how they do the draft traditionally? And you know, just with you being in your position post draft, what are what are your thoughts there? Um, I think it was very interesting, but entertaining. Um, it was definitely entertaining to have to go through the draft that way. Um, but it was also nice to get to see the guys actually cherish those moments with their family and loved ones. Because oftentimes, you know, for those first round guys, they're here and only, I mean, not here, but they're there at the draft and only limited family, you know, can come see them. So I think it was beautiful that they got to cherish those moments right then and there with their family. But um I think the downside of us being in a quarantine draft is people had a lot of time to focus on 
um, what the media was putting out there on the guys. Um, this was not the first year that ESPN has honed in on tragedy to try on stories. They've done that every single year. Um, but I think that it's the time that people have just been able to sit still and actually focus on what they're saying versus being distracted by a million different things going on. You know, it's just, a, we're all locked in and we're like, okay, this dude just, you know, is got the accomplishment of a lifetime and we're focusing on, you know, failures in his family or, you know, things in his home life. And it's just kind of like, really, you know, and a lot of people are saying, stop letting these reporters do this. But I'm like, these players aren't letting the reporters do anything. They're digging for that information. And it's sad that ESPN hasn't got called out for this by now, but you know, it, that was the biggest thing for me that was like the downfall of the draft is so many people were able to actually see, you know, like you're pretty much exploiting these guys past, you know, just for this amazing, amazing, you know, tragedy triumph story versus, you know, there's maybe some players that aren't of color whose stories get to be a little different, you know, than minority um, athletes. So that's opened up a very big discussion. So that's really been interesting to kind of track that and see how that's affected players or, you know, affected viewers and other people in management. So that was probably my biggest takeaway. And now I'm like, all of you need me so I can clean this up. But, um, you know, go off. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw that as well. And then, the, and then the young man tried to spin it. You know, he was like, you know, I'm proud of of, right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my, my mother and, you know, what she's been able to accomplish. But at the same time, I mean, I, I think that's something that he shouldn't even necessarily have had to speak right. in that moment. Right. There's no correlation in the story. You know, it is it, that literally had nothing to do with him. And they need to learn to start focusing on these guys and really just just let us focus on the stats. We don't even really need the personal stories. I mean, that's theirs to tell, you know? We don't need, because then these guys, um, brands are ruined before they even hit the field. We're like, oh, he's had an attitude problem, so I'm, there's gonna be no surprise if it's still there in the league. So then you got these players coming in like, oh, you the one that did this or did that. And it's like, you don't need that following them when they're getting to the next level. Like let them have the opportunity to start over and rebrand themselves and, and tell their own side of, of their story. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that. That, that makes a lot of sense too. It makes <laughs> a lot of sense. But yeah, like, uh, like I was saying before, I, I think this is, uh, I think this has been, this has been a really great uh, interview, having the time to, 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 to chat with you, uh, Miss Lockett. And, you know, taking, taking this time and just to hear the background story of how you got to where you are and how you're still continuing to climb to grow, like you said, and, and do uh, j just the groundbreaking things that you're doing. So now I, I have this other part. I just so I just added this in because <laughs> so this is my second podcast that I've started doing. I used to have one called well, I still do. It. It's called Speak Your Success. Mm -hmm. And I used to do. I used to do like rapid fire type questions. Yeah. But with this being more so like a sports focus driven podcast. Yeah. So I'm calling this the two minute drill. Uh Oh, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So with, with, with the two minute drill, I'm going to ask you just a few questions okay. and then you're just going to right. off, just shoot off the answer. And, and then I'm going to put up a timer. So, Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, now nah, we won't do it on. I'll, it'll be on the edited one. It's fine. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna time you, and then okay. we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with this. So sure. are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. 
And the time starts. Favorite food? Chicken tenders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, book you're currently reading? Relationship goals, Mike Todd. Y'all need to get it. <laughs> okay, there it goes. There it goes. Your quarantine Netflix show of preference? Uh, I was. I really caught up on all, um, all American, so that was. I binged that for a couple days. Is it that good? I need to check it I out. Mean, it's not. I know all the athletes are gonna say it's not real football, it's not real estate, but I'm. I'm more there for the story. Story. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I like. I like the story. I like stories too. Like, <laughs> All-time all favorite movie. Oh, that's hard. Um. Oh, I don't. Oh, that's hard. I, I'll I say double. Devil's wear. Devil wears pride. We'll just say this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, your your favorite quote. Um. Your dreams won't work unless you. It is a good one. That is a good one. Okay, well, you still got, you got men left. And then lastly, a tip that you want to leave with the student athlete. You have a minute, so take your time. Oh, okay. Um, for my student athletes, I definitely say, um, coming from somebody who worked in student athlete development, utilize your resources um, that you have in your athletic office. Um, the advisors, coaching staff, if you do have a student athlete development program at your school, really utilize the, the tools that they're giving you um, because a lot of times they're able to find internships and things like that that are willing to work with athletes because you know athlete schedules are just so hard. Um, so there are a number of companies out there that are willing to have special schedules and things like that. Um, and just making sure you're, you're seeking counsel and preparing for that next step. While I do hope that pro-life happens for a lot of you, um, just knowing that the reality is that may not, um, don't get discouraged in that next chapter, but instead, you know, feel empowered and excited for what you can do. So definitely take some time to think about what else you want to do in your next chapter. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, man, we used, it was like, it was like right there. It was, it was right there. It was like, Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh man so Kristen where, where can people follow you where can people find you and even where can people uh, go if they want to find out more about your services share that information yeah. so you can find out more about lock it up PR at lock it up PR.com um, and <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at the Kristen Marie um, and it's the same on um, Twitter but it's Chris the number is one zero, Marie. Um, and uh, yeah, we're also on Instagram and Twitter as Lock It Up PR as well. So you'll easily find me. <laughs> there we go. I'll make sure I put all that information down in the show notes so people can uh, have a way to, to get in contact with you, reach you, follow you. And then, of course, we're going to drop we're gonna drop some video clips so that people can get some of these good sound bites and some of these good quotes and these good tweets and this good content that, that you dropped uh, today. Kristen, I, I want to thank you for taking time to come on Beyond the Ball, to share your insight, to share your story, and to share your expertise. Keep going and keep doing it. Thank you. It was such a pleasure speaking with you as well. Thank you so much. And I'm Jonathan Jones, and this is Beyond the Ball. Beyond the Ball.